Hi, I'm Laura Green, and this is the Sapphic Book Review Podcast, the show where I visit with the best writers in lesbic. I love reading, and these books and writers mean so much to me. I hope you learn something new each week about your favorite authors. Enjoy the show, and be sure to subscribe. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast. I'm Laura Green, and today's guest is one of my favorite authors. I love the way she writes and the wonderful characters she creates. She's also become a great friend. Stephanie Shea, welcome, and thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. For anyone who hasn't read your most recent release, tell them about Missed Connection and what to expect from Avery and Kai. Well, anyone who's read Chef's Kiss would have already gotten a glimpse into Avery's character. I really enjoyed crafting her relationship with Jen, and I absolutely could not let her go. Uh, One thing I'll say is that Avery and Kyla's story doesn't start at the beginning exactly. There is a a prologue where they meet in an airport lounge, and uh, then the story hops six months forward, where we find out that they sat on a plane next to each other for a 14-hour flight. Um, There might have been some talking, some PG cuddling, a not-so-PG kiss. (laughs) <laughs> but the story really begins when Kyla shows up at Gia and uh, the reader learns all of that. So it's it's quite a bit of family drama mixed in, but figuring out their feelings for each other is sort of the biggest obstacle, especially considering Avery has never dated women and Kai is only in the mission for two weeks before she resumes her life as a travel influencer. I love they made out at the airport. I have been on many flights. I've never met a hot chick who made out with me at the airport. Yeah, I know. It was very spontaneous. It's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, apparently. Now I can't do it because I get in trouble. Yep. I've never done it either. I'm not recommending. This is purely <laughs> for Avery and Kyla. <laughs> okay. As you're well aware, I have a love affair with Jen Coleman from Chef's Kiss. Have we seen the last of Jen and Val? And who would you like to play them in a movie adaptation? Okay, the the movie adaptation is a little bit more difficult for me. Uh, I can say you haven't seen the last of them. I'm planning a third book in the Gia San Francisco universe, which a few people have already guessed will be centered on Whitney. For people who haven't read Misconnection yet, I won't say too much about that, but Val and Jen will definitely feature in that story. As for who would play them in a movie adaptation, probably... Uh, Barbara Lopez is a, is this Mexican actress who I think will be, she would be brilliant as Valentina. I haven't seen her in any English shows, so maybe no one really knows <laughs> who that is. <laughs> but for followers of the Juliantina fandom, she was Juliana in that pairing. Oh. And then for Jen, it, it's a tough one. I don't know, maybe if like Jennifer Beale Sherry Sam and Meghan Markle had a miracle love child, that would be Jen. <laughs> wow, that would be quite a lovely child. <laughs> well, Jen <laughs> is a lovely woman. Uh, you don't have to tell me that. I think you know I know. Because we talk <laughs> yeah, about I her know, a lot. And yeah, you know about my obsession. It's a little bit, I may need some therapy for it soon. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. What are you working on now? And when do you anticipate releasing it? Well, what I'm working on, it's a bit of a mystery, literally, and because I keep hopping among like three different projects, I'm refining a mystery YA novel that I wrote a few years ago, and I think I'm finally ready to to try querying. 
it's it will be under a different pen name, but that's only because it's a completely different vibe from like my adult queer romance stuff, which leads me to the other two product projects I'm working on. And one of those is the Gia, the third book in the Gia series with Whitney. And the other one is a novella, which is kind of a best friend's older sister who was part of her queer awakening, comes back to town kind of thing. And we see where that goes. So uh, both of those, the novella and the Gia San Francisco third book, I'm thinking between the summer and fall. And the Chef's Kiss audiobook should be around should be out around that time too. Oh, really? Who's narrating that? <laughs> I will not say just yet, but I will give you the scoop once everything is settled. Okay, you better. <laughs> <laughs> no worry, you will be first to know. <laughs> okay, thanks. You've added mystery writer to your resume with Whispering Oaks. What other genres do you plan to tackle? And will another mystery thriller be in your future plans? Well, the simple simple answer is... YA, which I just mentioned, is the other one I, I'll be working on. Uh, as for other genres, I'm not so sure. I love fantasy. I love historical romance. Although almost everything I've read in the last two years has been either romance or mystery. So I think outside of that one YA, I may stick to romance and mystery for a bit. I have at least two working ideas for other mystery suspense novels with a romantic subplot. It will always be with a romantic subplot. I I can't help myself there. Are you going to write any more Whispering Oaks stories? Yes, uh, I think I will do a follow-up. Actually, there's a lot of scream for uh, we need that sequel because of how it ended. But I I kind of anticipated with the way I ended the story, which you you would have read already. Yes, you just set that up. (laughs) Working on it. Who's your favorite supporting character from one of your books? It's probably cheating if I say Avery, right? But Avery... It's kind of cheating, but not really. kind of stuck on me. Not really? Okay. Well, I knew I wanted to give her her own love story because I I don't know. I have a bit of a fascination with that kind of strong-willed high femme. Like, it's not necessarily an ice queen, but they know exactly what they're about. They can fix just about any problem except when it comes to their own romantic situations. And, uh, well, which is not to say they're afraid of those situations or that vulnerability. I just think Avery brought out the best in every character in that first, in Chef's Kiss. And if, I think Ashlyn in Whispering Oaks kind of does the same for Cassidy. So if I had to pick a real supporting character, I guess it would be Ashlyn from Whispering Oaks. Okay. Name a line from one of your books that you are most proud of writing. Okay. This, this is a, a <laughs> very, very, very tough one for me. I, I could not, <laughs> I went through almost all of my books and I could not decide on one that I thought, okay, this is the one I'm most proud of. But I guess one that overlaps with something that people seem to like was in Misconnection. Avery had a had a thought after she had breakfast with her mom and her brother. And she it basically said, how could she convince them that she was the same person that she's always been when their concern would be for how different uh, being with Kyla made her? And maybe that's one of the things that made coming out difficult is the bizarre concept that that could abruptly and lastingly change how everyone who knew her before saw her every day after. 
So I don't know. Some people seem to connect with that. And it was a line that I guess felt personal to me. So I'm really proud of that one. It's a good one. Do you have a favorite line? Don't put me on the spot. Uh, All of your lines are my favorite. (laughs) Okay. 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 (laughs) That was putting you on the spot. I admit I could not answer on the spot, obviously. (laughs) See, and you wrote them. So if I would have studied... (laughs) See, I gave you advance warning. If you would have been like, hey, girl, I'm going to ask you what your favorite line is. I would have looked it up and I would be prepared. But that's like. And I still didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be like asking me like in class, answer this question. As soon as somebody calls on me, I freeze up and I'm like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. But I'll go I'm back like and I'll too. send you my favorite line. I'll send you a message. Okay. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to write? Well, uh, I want to say. My desk in my apartment, I have a, a, I guess, a designated writing desk. Uh, My apartment is seven floors up. So, you know, I open the curtains. It's not a bad view. It definitely gives me something else to look at when I'm writing a scene and I get stuck and I'm wondering where the hell am I going with this? (laughs) But I don't, my girlfriend would probably say I don't have a favorite spot. I think... It's become a bit a bit of a running joke at this point because she works remotely too and she'll get out of her office and she'll see me curled up between two sofas on the living room floor and discreetly snap a picture that I'll discover on her phone like two weeks later. <laughs> and <laughs> I I don't know, I move around, especially when I feel like the words aren't coming out right. So the sofa, the bed, wherever, I'm just all over the place. Actually, I think a lot of Chef's Kiss was written in my car. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's all over for me. I would have written it at a restaurant. That would have been inspirational for me. <laughs> uh, too many distractions. I need just blank, open cityscape to look at, apparently. <laughs> How did you and your girlfriend meet? And what would you title the book based on your love story? Okay, my girlfriend and I met on a dating app. Uh, it's It was weird timing. I was on vacation in Fort Lauderdale for two weeks with a friend and I had never tried dating apps before. So I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And it was funny because she was in Miami for work for one week and we literally started talking the day she landed, we matched on the app. So for like the next six days, I spent that six days trying to, to meet up with her And it was always something, a work dinner with the bosses, or I had family stuff, she had family stuff. And I think eventually we we realized that we weren't going to get like three perfect uninterrupted hours to just sit and talk or whatever. So she told me I should come to her hotel. So I said, okay. Uh, And my friend kept joking, you know, this girl could be a catfish. And (laughs) I was like, well... You know, she's invited me to a hotel and I could be a, a kidnapper or something. You know, I, luckily for both of us, you know, none of us turned out to be that because it was all very sketchy that meet at first. But we met up for an hour on the 4th of July and she had to leave the next day. Uh, but we, we kept talking and six months later we went to Miami together. And that's kind of how everything unfolded. I still don't know what the name of it would be but I did start a short story about it like three years ago and I would happily send you a little snippet or whatever it could be like made connection (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh 
That is funny because, I mean, there's a little bit, I guess, of similarity with Kyla and Avery, that six-month gap and talking online and whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You're a big music lover. What's on your playlist right now? Oof, uh, my my playlist is a bit of a mess. You know, it, it always is because I skip across genres and some of the titles are a bit obscure. So you'll probably find some Jeremy Zucker and Chelsea Cutler. Some Taylor Swift, of course, of Glass course. Animals. <laughs> I I got hooked on this one Zola Simone song, and then there's Ruel and Eden. You'll also find like some piano classics, Clear de Lune and Moonlight Sonata, and all of that. It's just a lot. There's no one vibe. <laughs> okay, well, so you got to mix it up. Who are a few of your celebrity crushes? Well, um. Well, how much time do we have? Because it's kind of all a lot, time. and I know you have a lot too. <laughs> no, keep going. We got all the time. All the time. Well, I mean, I could say Kristen Press and like half the U.S. women's soccer team. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's Ana Diarmas, Isa Gonzalez, Zoe Kravitz, a lot of, I don't know, they're kind of all over, a lot of actresses. If you watch The L Word, Generation Q, there is um, Arian Mandy, who is Danny, and the celebrity who plays Gigi, Sepedi Moafi. I hope I'm not butchering her name. Yeah, there's just a lot of beautiful people out in the world. <laughs> there are, are quite a few. I have a lot of them. I have the top five. You should share with me too, Ian. What's your top five? Hannah Wadding. Uh-huh, yes, I do know that. <laughs> yes, I uh-huh. can't help it. She's tall, and I just want to climb her like a tree. And <laughs> Ashlyn Harris from the women's soccer team. Of course. Yes. The tattoos, the just everything, the hair, the cheeks. And I've been watching 911, the TV show. And I'm putting Angela Bassett on there. She's timeless. Uh-huh. And yeah. yeah. She's hot. The body, the cheeks. Yeah. P- apparently cheekbones are kind of a thing for me. <laughs> she has great cheekbones. She looks almost the same as she did 10 years ago, I think. She's like 62. She doesn't age. And then I'm going to throw in Pink, even though I'm a little afraid of her. I think she might hurt me, but... <laughs> no, Pink seems sweet, I think. No, hurt me, like, I mean, physically. Like, she might be a little rough. Oh, yeah. She she has some arms on her. She does. And then number five changes. I think I'm going to put Adele on there because I, she would sing to me. And what's not hot about that? Of course. And that voice. She has a beautiful voice. I know. And the laugh is just the cackle. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I, I saw her on James Corden, I, and she had that laugh. It's great. <laughs> what did little Stephanie want to be when she grew up? Little Steph wanted to be an artist, but the kind that draws and paints. Um, I, I can't really remember why I stopped, except maybe it was only mandatory up to, I think, the ninth grade in high school. But I I also... Right now, when I think about it, I'm not sure I was ever any good, but maybe when I was a kid, I thought I was amazing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I I fell in love with writing pretty much like two years after that. So I guess it was okay timing. Yeah, that's good. You could try taking up drawing again. Maybe. maybe. It could be abstract. I I think I'll call it that. So whatever I draw when it looks terrible, it's just abstract. That's right. (laughs) What is a cause that means a lot to you? Okay, well, this got me thinking a little bit. I don't know if it's a cause necessarily, but since writing is what brought me here, I will say 
people of color representation in sapphic romances. And it's it's not necessarily in a way where I think everyone should write that if they, I don't know, feel called to it or something, because then it's just tokenism. And that's not what the discussion is about for me. Uh, Bryce Oakley and I, pretty early in our friendship, we had a discussion where I mentioned to her that basically like 10, 12 years ago, when I was just leaving high school, just wanted to write basically I thought to myself, you know, my lead characters had to be white for my writing to be recognized. And it took me a while to sort of realize that's not necessarily what I want to write. I want to see myself on the page. I want my girlfriend, who's Latina, to see herself on the page. And even Saturday, I did a panel for the GCLS and someone in the comments, she was saying that there's not enough Asian representation in sapphic romance. And, well, I'm not Asian and... I don't necessarily want my writing to be noticed or to be known only for people of color protagonists, but I'm glad when people contact me and they message me on Twitter or Instagram, wherever, and they say it feels great to see themselves or themselves on the page. So I don't know if it's a cause, but it's definitely important to me. It's important. I think it is because we all need to feel represented. Right. I think so too. So that's the one for me. That's a good one. This is a serious question. I was shocked to discover that you had never seen a Golden Girls episode, and I told you to rectify this for the sake of our new and fabulous friendship. Have you seen an episode yet, or do we need to watch one together over the internet? (laughs) Okay, I I know. Our friendship is on thin ice. I'm on it, (laughs) I promise. But actually, now that you mention it, I'm thinking an internet watch party is the way to go. So let's let's do that. Let's do it. Okay, we'll totally do that. Because literally, it's one of the most important shows in the history of television. (laughs) This is a pretty big one. I can't let that go unrectified. So have you seen the Mary Tyler Moore show? No, I've never seen it. Oh, my gosh, I have so much work to do. (laughs) It's okay. I'll be your your prep projects for the the important shows. I'll accept that role. Okay, excellent. We will get on this. (laughs) okay stephanie i appreciate your writing so much but i appreciate you as a person even more thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me this has been a lot of fun it was really fun and i'm so glad you invited me thanks a lot laura thanks so much for listening and thanks again to stephanie shea for joining me you can purchase stephanie's books on amazon and be sure to follow her on twitter at steph underscore shea 27 to support this podcast you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash sapphic laura or join my patreon at patreon.com slash sapphic book review pod for as little as five dollars a month you can listen to your favorite authors playing would you rather here's a sample with today's guest stephanie shea thanks so much and until next time happy reading would you rather be wonder woman or Catwoman? um wonder woman i think Yeah, I would rather be Wonder Woman. It's one of those situations you don't know if you want to be her or be with her, but I think I would want (laughs) to be with Catwoman. (laughs) So I would go with Wonder Woman. (laughs) Nice. That was some good logic there. (laughs) Would you rather have a tattoo of the title of the last book you read or the last TV show you watched? The last book I read, only because the last TV show I watched is called One of Us is Lying, and I don't know. That's like a weird... (laughs) A weird tattoo. (laughs) That would be very strange. 
Yeah, no, and I'm reading a, a Whisper of Solace right now, so that would make a better tattoo, I think. Oh, that would be a great tattoo. <laughs> yeah. What a great, yeah, totally. We, I think we should both get that. <laughs> Definitely. Let's make a date. I'll come down to, to Missouri. <laughs> okay, we'll get tattoos. We won't even have to, like, argue because I know you would want Nev, and I would go for Audrey, so we won't have yeah. to fight. How did you know I would want Nev? Oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, totally. 